Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they make you grin or pout, from invisible fence to on the lookout, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. I read his letters every night. It's my co-host, Evan. The mention of his name makes me turn white. It's my co-host, Quaker. Quaker. <laughs> our, our lines matched with each other. I read his letters every night. The mention of his name makes me turn white. Are yeah. those are those lines right after each other in the song? No, they're not. Well, they're, they they are. Yeah, they're the they they're are. the rhyme. They're pretty close. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. I had a couple. As usual, I had a couple in an alt, but you didn't take my original one, so I didn't have to use my alti. Good. Good. The alti is too scary um yeah. cool oh my goodness we had some latency issues before this ev we had to we power cycle did. our modems we had to do it but you moved around different run an, rooms run an underwater cable between our two houses <laughs> yes uh, so finally we just settled on the method we have now which is we're both recording on our ends and we have a very long string and two soup cans uh and cans, yes just... camp campbell's soup camps campbell soup cams uh, and you know we're doing it old school this time around. Um, I think that makes it. What what color is your can? What flavor is your can? Mine is cream of mushroom soup. Ooh, the nasty cream of mushroom. I don't not a big mushroom boy, but you get a cream of mushroom soup it goes good with some chicken because you can't really taste the mushroom and cream of mushroom. It's not too heavy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Again, the content our folks come here for. No, I usually use it when I'm making like beef stroganoff which is oh, my favorite mushroom dish. That is the, I have not had beef stroganoff in a very long time. That used to be my, um, did you have like a report card dish that your parents would make you if you got a good report card? Mm, not really, no. Okay, all like, right. I, I feel like there should have been, but there wasn't, like pizza, like pizza. Okay, yeah, yeah. Your parents would make you pizza from scratch. They would grow the wheat and chop it down and thresh it. And Yes, yes, the, the durum wheat, and they would mill it, and then they sure. would separate it from the chaff, and then they would take it and soak it so that it sure. sprouted. And so it got that sort of caramelized flavor of malts in it. Then they would take the yeast that they had cultivated from the mother yeast that my great-grandmother had from the Depression. Right. And they would mix it with the water and the salt, a little bit of sugar and salt in there. Salt, of course, mined from our backyard, the uh, tiny <laughs> the salt, salt mine that we had. And the, the sugar, of course, uh, would be uh, squeezed from sugar beets, which we grew in our, our garden. Oh. And then they would, uh, and the olive oil, of course, pressed from our uh, family estates back in Napoli. Sure. This went from a very sad, like, you had to do it all to yourself, to, oh, no, you're just rich. You have a salt mine in your backyard in Olive Gardens in Napoli. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my mother's maiden name was Medici, so um, we were pretty pretty well off. Sure, sure. Is that, a, is that a reference I don't get, or is that just a real fact about your life? No, no, it's a, it's a reference you just totally went over your head. It's a historical <laughs> reference, bud. I was excited. I was hoping that I could hack into your bank account. No, the Medici were rich Italian bankers that banked to the Pope through, you know, the Renaissance oh. period. Look at you. Like you have a degree in history or some shit. Although it's Japanese mm. history. You don't need a degree so. to, to read Facebook. You don't need a degree <laughs> to read Wikipedia. Ah, I see. That's a, uh, you're just, do you just click the random article on Wikipedia and then just sort of educate yourself once a day? Um, I usually use it. I actually, it's one of my writing techniques is I'll, I'll click the random article like six times and then get six random articles and then write a story or try to write a story idea that combines at least three of them. 
Really? Oh, that's an interesting mm-hmm. idea. Has it ever resulted in a story that you've uh, gotten published or, or put anywhere? No, no. <laughs> but it's it's resulted in uh, um, ideas that have wormed their way into other stories. Oh, okay. So I'll be like, okay. oh, yeah, I know about, you know, the South African soccer team from 1986. <laughs> like, there's a lot of, like, sports references. Sure. So that's why I give myself, like, three out of six. Because, sure, sure, sure. you know. Uh, remember when we used to do a segment on this show where we would click random article and then try to link it back to one week in seven days? Uh, I can't recall that one. <laughs> it was truly perhaps the best wheel segment we've ever had, but I understand it had to be retired. It was too powerful. Um, you're, you you say that stuff, but just no no memory, nothing nothing to latch onto here. Am I? Is it? Is it because I'm breaking up? Do I need to power cycle my modem again? Is my there a brain problem is with... perfectly smooth. I need to power cycle my brain so I can remember <laughs> this wheel segment we apparently did. Sure. Well, no worries. I will send you uh, a couple episodes just to do a little homework on. Listen to them in the car on your way to nowhere. I don't no listen one... to episodes. You do... I, I know for a fact that you skip past my parts. We've talked about it before. And just <laughs> listen to your own voice. <laughs> Well, now that I'm recording uh, my own stuff, I can listen. I just listen to my. Oh um, shit! Yeah. Well, I go first. I go through and edit it down so that I'm talking in a continuous stream. <laughs> sure. And then I just listen to myself talk for you know because my part of the episode is about even to yours, so they're like mm-hmm. an hour, fifteen minute episode. So I got about a yeah. half hour, forty minutes sure. of talk in me. But you do you do set it to 0.75 speed just so you can kind of indulge in it and relax and yeah I do like to draw it out the the sounds sure. of my voice going really really slow. Why do you think that half speed thing exists on a lot of podcast players? Do you think there are a lot of people out there who are listening to their podcasts on half speed? I feel like it's for people who want who like miss something and want to go back and make sure they catch it. Like oh wait what did they say? sure okay yeah so that's more of a it's not meant to be set permanently on your your podcast catcher you don't think there's anybody I guess out there. if you're just i bet there are people who use it but i bet they're a minority like i don't think that most people listen to their podcasts really slowly but again <laughs> sure. you know different strokes for different folks if that's what helps you enjoy podcasts then fucking go for it go with times times point one speed those no it's even point five those people are maniacs point one speed. so you can hear you can hear every breath every aspiration every plosive oh my goodness oh god that sounds like a nightmare bilabial fricative <laughs> yeah all right um should i maybe maybe i'm gonna try that with our next episode maybe i'm gonna force people to listen to it in 0.5 speed by slowing down uh just the whole episode so that they're you know that's just the way it is that's a necessarily a good idea probably not but it will make our episode seem really long and people will get excited for a three-hour episode of it's all been done a very good ladies podcast i don't think people <laughs> get excited for by length of our podcast in fact every piece of feedback we've got has said that our Too podcasts long. are better when they're shorter <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true so all right, fair enough well then speaking of should we just get to today's song i would love to perfect Today's song is called, I Can, I Will, I Do. And if you've never heard it before, I do play a good sample of it right here. Friend, this shouldn't be the way things end. But then... Just around the bend 
<laughs> All right, Evo. I can, I would, and I did. I could, I wouldn't, I did. Play a nice sample of that song. This is a another loungy song on this album. What? Uh, how did you? How did you character? Did you characterize it as lounge or R and B? I I sort of thought it was like an R and B song. Yeah, yeah, loungy jazz is what I got, like a jazz lounge. Sure. So funky, funky, funky is what we're looking for, like the 1970s, like funk, funk lounge scene. Okay, were you a big funk lounge? I don't know if I could tell you a song from that genre. (laughs) No, no, I don't, I don't know, but I, I don't, I don't necessarily like, like hearing a song in that style doesn't necessarily, isn't a strike if it's a good song, which I very much thought this was. I enjoyed the fuck out of this song. Buddy, so did I. I thought this was a real winner here. Um, which yeah, is chicken nuts. dinner. Yes, this is nuts because the we just had Beautiful, which I think we both characterize as lounge music as well, that you liked, but I thought was abhorrent, a, an abomination on the catalog. <laughs> but this is what good... I liked it okay. Remember, I rated it at like 55%. <laughs> I think you did. You just took off half of your shirt and half of your pants. Um, but this is what good lounge sounds like. I don't consider myself an authority on the subject, but this is so much more tolerable and enjoyable than beautiful. Um, I was... That's what I look for in music is tolerability. <laughs> well, I want to be willing to, to, to li- not, not necessarily enjoy, but just to suffer through something without sure. feeling, like, with the minimum of pain. That's Plato said, was it Plato who said, or Socrates who said life is uh, about avoiding pain and seeking pleasure well the first part's really what i'm i'm concerned on i just want to suffer suffer the least in my life sure 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 um i just i wondered how you would take this song because your uh thing about cultural appropriation is it has to be good so i was very much thinking about you when i was listening to the song because i do feel like it it's it's uh certainly appropriative of that genre um but you thought Mm -hmm. it was done well yeah, I thought it was done very well. And I mean, okay. I, it's appropriate of the genre for sure, but I don't know what culture this would be appropriating. I mean, maybe a little bit of black culture with the funk influence, but like at the same time, like well, if there is a fundamentally white music, it's like lounge singing. Sure. But I mean, you say funk. I said R&B and jazz. I do feel like this one has mm-hmm. a lot of music that, you know, black people kind of mastered in the 70s, 80s. Oh, yeah. That's what I kind of feel that this is. Uh, I don't know. I think that's interesting. And we do have... It no, does... I absolutely I absolutely agree. And I think that... I mean, musical genre boundaries are blurry anyway. So sure. you can't... You know, you can't really isolate one... I mean, nor would you want to isolate a single, like, culture's influence in modern music. Uh, sure. Unless you were trying to raise them up and, and get them the respect that they deserve. Like, sure. you know, you know mar- marginalized cultures but sure. you know i think that lounge that lounge music in itself especially like lounge music in the modern conception of what lounge music was is just white. sort of deriv- derivative to begin with it's yeah, just some yeah. some like greasy guy with a like you know uh, his tie undone and a sweaty hairdo like and sure. smoking singing into a like singing into a, a beer stained microphone sure sure this is i do picture richard cheese immediately when i think of lounge music and uh but i don't i feel like this one yeah it is loungy but i do feel like it has those other influences as well oh, no, i don't no, think no. it's yeah. just as easy to say you know that it's 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 yeah. a piece of lounge music and but, it isn't it isn't like satirizing lounge music too i think it's kind of glorifying it yeah 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 that's true uh, which is interesting. Boy, I wonder what attracted them so much to fucking 
girl of Ipanema shit on this album. Like there's the two of them <laughs> not too far off from one another. Wild. I don't know. Um, well, I feel like Steve's always been kind of into this sort of stuff. We've gotten loungy stuff from him since almost the beginning. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, we do have a lot of kind of tropey lounge shit in here. Um, I think the biggest thing of all is the scat ending, which delighted me. I wanted, I wrote, I wrote that I wanted so much more of that. I would have yeah, liked just, like a solid 30, 40 seconds. And be like, do, 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 skip it up, up, scoobily, do that. Nap. I, I wanted that so bad. You say that, but if you actually had that, you would fucking be, you would hate it. I would love it. No, I would love it. I'm, <laughs> a, right. I'm a scat man. I live in Scatland where uh, every child, every person has the mind of a child. Uh, there is absolutely no violence. Um, sure. I'm trying to, what else, I'm trying to what else happens in Scatland. Are we'll these put a little from... bit of Scatland in right here. <laughs> the society of Scatland is composed of very loving, caring people who have never even heard of political corruption, class distinction, war, and all the. These are all from the deep lore of Scatman John Scatland. It is. Sure. Actually, okay. he sings a song about Scatland, and everyone there has the mind of a child, and there's absolutely no violence. That's not good. I searched for Scatland, and Google immediately corrected me to Scotland, which I assume <laughs> is the Scatland. Um, it's probably yeah. a better choice. Was this, because not only was there a Scatland, but correct me if I'm wrong, there was also a Scatman's world. Is that correct? Yes, there was a Scatman's world, but Scatland is in Scatman's world. Okay, got it. Interesting. Are there any other notable locales in Scatman's world that he talked about? You know, I'm I'm not super deep into Scatman lore. Okay. And I kind of that's a it's a world of peace and harmony. I know that. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else. Yeah, he died sure. on December third, nineteen ninety nine, from what I remember. Okay. It was a dark day for every. It was a dark day for everyone. I feel as if you may be looking at his Wikipedia entry right now, <laughs> but I will tell you on his second album. I am also looking at his Wikipedia entry. I think we have another song that defines one of the locations in Scotland, which is song twelve on Everybody Jam, Lebanon. Mm-hmm. So I think Lebanon is canonically huh. part of Scatman's world. Wow! So your ancestors may have come from scatland it's very possible that uh yeah we have the scattest uh the scattest history of all um interesting also on, yeah, that on be, his third that album bad. take your time uh track eight is called ichi nisan go so it's very possible that japan is is located within scatman's world yeah or at least some people who speak japanese yeah boy scatman was fucking huge in japan wasn't he you know I don't know, but I would not be surprised. Um, like, the thing about Japan is it's got to be cultural. But, like, if there is something, an obscure musical styling, uh, like, random, like, a, a small, like, comedy sub-sub-genre, sub there is somebody in Japan who has dedicated their entire fucking life to it. <laughs> right. And I find, that, I find that incredibly laudable and interesting. Like, just the amount of discipline it would take to, to like dedicate your life to like dressing up as a greaser going out with seven to eight like-minded people putting on a fucking in a, in a boom box down with like 1940s 19 or 1920s like american jam or 40s american jams 40s and 50s and then just like dancing all day every day to it 
and taking yeah, it man. so seriously you'd be willing to knife someone who made fun of you sure because that um, happened when i was in japan they knifed you not me oh okay. uh, there was there was a knifing where uh, a bunch of greasers just knifed some guy who was making fun of them unbelievable that greasers are back in japan good god no, i mean i don't think they were they were back in a big way and this is like 2008 2009 so they yeah. might be gone by then but like i don't know just the uh yeah it's 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 very interesting and fascinating to me i wonder just, uh, um the culture that produced that and I, I mean i'm sure there are people who are dedicated and obsessive in you know the united states but it seems and i don't know if it's if it's just something that that the japanese value more so it's it's more put to the fore so you see it more whereas in america we're like oh my god that guy's obsessed with like uh one piece and right. just does a one piece podcast with his friend and makes him listen to it Uh-oh. and uh um you know <laughs> call whoa, him out whoa what what about that sure fuck you joe and jory um, yeah, uh, that's it. I wonder where they're even getting because I mean, it has to be some American. So are they watching happy days and reading the outsider or like, where are they even getting this conceptualization of Greece or culture? Greece, I guess is where it must come from. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They, they get their togas and they, play, they get out their liars and their, sure. uh, drink ouzo and, uh, jump up and down, uh, in scale replicas of the Parthenon. Fuck. But I wonder like if... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Got it. I understood. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what are the, the movies. Parthenon's in Greece, especially <laughs> when I eat. Uh, I wonder what other movies they are uh, uh, creating whole subgenres. Like, I wonder if there's like a a bunch of people in uh, in Japan who are like obsessed with Caddyshack, who are dressing up like Bill Murray and and Groundhogs. No, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. And I mean, we got. In America, we did we did the same thing where we obsessed over Japanese culture, at least for my entire high school career. You know? Oh yeah, says that you know. I mean, I'm talking to a man who has literally an entire library of anime behind him. So That's like, true. I mean, the manga, my manga, so, so, manga and anime. So like, so like, I say that, and then I'm like blind to our own obsessions. It's true, but it it was kind of wild. I remember the whole like Gwen Stefani Harajuku girls. Like we were like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and then also like. Uh, what is it? Diary of a, a Geisha, or was that was that what the book was called? Like, yeah, Memoirs of a Geisha. Memoirs yeah. of a Geisha. Yeah, the fucking like we got obsessed with like Japanese culture for just like four years, I think, in the mid aughts. That was very strange, <laughs> but wild. Um, anyway, were, Japanese were very good. I remember when I was over there, they were talking about like exporting soft power and using not like not like maliciously using, but like like having exporting culture as a means of, of um you know forging understanding and building bridges of peace and things like that um which on some on some level yes but also on some level it's you know cultural hegemony sure and i mean sitting here in america where we sure. sort of <laughs> we're sort of the cultural epicenter of the world at right. least as far as white people go but yeah um yeah. Uh, why, why are we talking about this? I think we came out of like uh, R&B is, has its roots in African-American music. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, we yeah. just went there down we a hole of Scatman. I believe that was there your fault. Um, yep. also, you, can tell there's, you can tell there's a lot of uh, a lot of things to talk about in this song because we're spending a lot of time <laughs> talking about it. I, I just want to tell you that Scatman did have a song called Su 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 Super Kirei. So yeah, definitely <laughs> Japanese culture. Uh, and we're going to put in a little of Su Su Super Kirei here. Su 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 Super Kirei. Uh, 
other wow, things. Wow. Okay. So, so just for just for reference, we've had two Scatman <laughs> clips in this, <laughs> and this I believe episode already. Perhaps uh, two Better Good Ladies clips. So we have an equal number. Oh man, yes. what about the Scat Cast? Never mind. We'll talk about it some other time. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> could man. be good. Um, he does another sort of. Uh, he makes a very jazzy choice that I really loved on his final uh, pre-chorus when you know uh, you don't think I can love you, love, 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 love. Like he really like jazzes out that <laughs> love you, love you, love you. Anyway, you say you don't think I can love you. Mm, you don't think I can love you. Oh, you don't think I can love you. Love it's very. I loved that. Like Kevin on the piano is like noodling in the background, then all of a sudden he just goes doot 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 yeah. like as he's saying it, like he hits the chords exactly. Yes, just keeps keeps doing it. It's so good. Yeah, I hit my alarm many times during that segment. I thought it was going off doot 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 doot. Um, but for the most part, Kevin's doing some like smooth and perhaps even sleazy keyboard work that like kind of evoked that nightclub feel like yeah yeah it was like down and dirty i was in in conjunction with jim's like very walking bass like mm-hmm. fucking good shit in this song yeah i think that the like steve and kevin are loungy and then like ed and uh, um jim are really bringing the funk on this one mm. it seems like like that guitar lick um and like the just the constant like sort of funky guitar rhythms that he throws down yeah and tyler's there too of course yeah ty gives just like an acceptable performance here which is fine because i don't think you're meant to excel with the like i don't want him to be doing like a sweet fucking drum fill on this song so i think by not overextending he ends up being a big winner here too by showing his restraint yeah, and I think that you, they could have easily taken the song more jazzy and got Ty, Ty more involved with the drumming. Yeah. But I think, I don't know, I think it's fine. I think that a lot of times in the lounge, the, the drummer isn't the, the focus. They're just there to keep time while yes. the other imp- instruments extemporize. But, yeah. you know. Yeah, and Steve is Steve is very much using his voice like an instrument on this song, which is very sweet to hear. Oh. He's, he's taking the lyric, fucking around with him, and he's doing his thing, and, like, it sounds great. And this really isn't a register we hear Steve in a lot, like a falsetto. Yes. I agree. And so it was fun. It was really fun to hear him do that with his voice. Like, I, I don't know. I can't think of like the so- the last song or any songs he's ever sang in an entire falsetto. Like he never drops into his regular register here. Yeah. Yeah. You can very much hear him uh, uh, kind of straining to hit those notes, but it sounds good. Actually, let me l- let me take a, a quick diversion here. Ev, did you listen to the demo version of this song? I did not. Okay. Um, it's almost exactly the same, <laughs> like almost note for note. It was on the, mm-hmm. um, stop me if you've heard this before their compilation of rarities that they did. Oh yeah. I did listen to, I did. Okay. Yeah. I did listen to that one. Yeah. Um, actually yeah. I thought that was a, I thought that was a live version or something, but yeah. Steve sounds like he just finished a bender in that version. He is so gravelly. Like it sounds like he has swallowed a jar of pebbles. Um, and I really love, you could tell he was very much stretching, uh, for his, um, uh, in this version. It also sounds like he goes like higher here in this one, which is weird. Also, Kev is doing some weird, like 
theremin-y shit at the beginning of this song, which was kind of weird. But beyond that, it's almost the exact same song. <laughs> yeah, I think that in that one, he was like, it sounded like he was mic'd really close too, because you could like hear him like, you could hear his lips moving. Oh my God, I didn't even think about which that. Which was weird. Oh, that's weird. I don't like that very much. Um, strange. Uh, one thing. Yeah, do you ever think about that? Like when someone's when someone's singing, you can hear their lips moving. You can just you can just imagine their lips moving. No, <laughs> I their like teeth and gums. I like to listen to podcasts in 0.5 speed so I can hear that, but I never really actively think about it. Um, I am amazed. One mm. thing about the demo version that the solo was not different on the demo and the actual one. The solo is just three notes sustained. And then those same three notes sustained again, and then we hop right back into the actual song itself. Hey, it's so fucking weird to me that that is the solo in the song. Um... I don't know. It's it's a bizarre like small break. It's it's he's like playing with a bizarre patch. Um, it just struck me as very weird. So I don't know. Well, it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. It did, and it won. All in all, though, this song is pretty sparse instrumentally. Uh, we don't have a whole lot going on here. There's not really a whole lot to I would say talk about instrumentally. Would you agree? Agreed. I mean, I think we've we've already talked about all the. I mean, I really like. I said I really liked the guitar licks. I liked the bass walking around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin's doodling. Kevin's doodling like Kevin doodles. But I think the real star of it is is Steve's. If Steve's like vocal, not gymnastics, but like, I don't know. It'd be like running uh like marathon, but you take only really tiny steps. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Exactly. <laughs> Shuffling a marathon. <laughs> well, I, it it really is a standout song for him, which is why I'm so surprised. This song has only been played live, according to setlist.fm, three times by the Bare Naked Ladies and one time by Steve during his Live at Home concert series. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, this is not a live, and it's a great song. It's it's very pretty, and like it, it puts Steve front and center. So I'm surprised he doesn't just yeah. go buck wild and do it all the time. And I would think that like this... I can see that them not choosing to do this in like an arena venue, mm-hmm. but as far as for like a smaller, more personal concert, this just seems like a, one of the one of the ones where you turn the lights down a little bit, like mimic some candlelight, and just let you know let everybody sort of slow dance to this jam. For sure, yeah. I mean, they do other. I just sl- see a lot of like a lot of fifty-year-olds grinding to this shit. <laughs> see a lot of conventioneers out there on the dance floor getting their groove. Hell on. yeah. A lot of a lot of older millennials, a lot of younger uh, exennials, and a L- uh, lot of soccer moms. Shit ton of soccer. A lot moms. of soccer moms. Hell yeah! Screaming and losing their virginity <laughs> like, all over again on the floor. They're just losing their virginity. Jesus! Oh. Can, can you guys help me find my virginity? I seem to have lost it. <laughs> it's clear and round. Um, yeah. So I mean, honestly, though. Speaking of Steve having the uh, the kind of front and center here, let's talk a little bit about the words themselves as opposed to uh, to the instrumentation. Um, the, one of the things I liked best about this song is the like delightfully weird little rhyme scheme that the mm-hmm. the, the verses have. It's like a a and then like internally some amount of like a b b b b a and then a c like they the lines all have this ridiculous amount of internal rhyming verse two especially 
but the real beauty of this is that like it's so elegant that it wasn't until a couple of my listens that I realized how much fucking careful writing went into the the uh, the choice of words in this song. I think it's really really cool to listen to. You write, read your letters every night. All right, skim them just to be polite. I find embarrassment and shame. The mention of your name makes me turn white. But God still likes me. I don't know. It's it's very cool. Uh, what did you have any any specific uh, thoughts about the actual uh, composition itself? No. Next, <laughs> next subject. Good. Let's talk about the lyrics. Um, what was your read on the lyrics here? It was basically like another flavor of my other favorite BNL song, Upside Down. Yes. Like this is somebody. It's like the the narrator from Upside Down, but taken one step towards, one step away from not caring towards like actually caring. So from laziness to just like inability. Yes. Right. Because this guy wants to do right. He wants to do all these things, but he doesn't seem capable of doing them. Whereas yes. the narrator from Upside Down, we don't know if he could or couldn't do them because he doesn't care enough to even try, sure. and he's happy that way. What? So I think that. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, it's just like the, you know, just putting something on your future self is something we all do. Like, sure. oh yeah, I'll start my diet tomorrow after this cheesecake. Sure. I'll, uh, you know, I'll start exercising more, you know, after the weekend when I'm going to get like drunk every night. Right. <laughs> and yeah. Those are just, those are just, those are just from my own life. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, I, 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 I have supposed in my notes that. In the lady verse, upside downism is a disease, and the narrator of Upside Down <laughs> has stage four terminal upside downism, where he's gonna stop eating, he's gonna stop right. This guy in this song has oh. like stage two, maybe like he used to care. We can see the vestiges of his old life remain, but now he just can't seem to muster. God, I say, I say upside downism, but I guess what I'm really talking about is depression here. <laughs> like he can't seem to muster the enthusiasm to to do anything or to care anymore i don't know if it's depression so much as like anxiety because like so he's it's like one of those things like okay it's like when you get a text or a a message or something from a friend an old friend or something like that and you don't respond right away and then like you forget about it and then like two or three weeks later you remember it and you're like i should say something but so um, so much time has gone by that you feel like terrible doing it sure so you just let it like you just let it fester and fester more and more and the longer you leave it the worse it gets yeah so i think that's like the situation he's in because he's like uh he's like the mention of your name makes me turn white he's like yeah all these promises i made all these things i said i was going to do i have to do them sure but i don't i don't want to and i don't think i can yeah like so i don't know what i'm supposed to do here embarrassment and shame the mention of your name makes me turn white but god still likes me refrain like it's just all i can do is keep avoiding it yeah so that seems that seems way more like anxiety than depression and i'm not saying it's not depression because anxiety and depression often go hand in hand but like you know yeah but i mean so uh, tell me what you thought by the beginning of this song i thought that the couple had already broken up do you think that's probably correct well, I mean, the second line is a break's just around the bend. So I don't know if they've broken up yet. Yeah, I guess you're right. I think they're just apart. 
Yeah, but I mean, yeah. When you tell me as I leave, you're scared you never see my face again. I, I, I also wondered what was up with the partner in this song, right? The partner in this song is heartbroken. She writes letters to Steve mm -hmm. daily, which is fucking wild mm -hmm. to me. To have somebody like that truly, clearly does not care. And you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be so sad when you leave. I'll write you every day. I don't know. I thought that you've, was weird. You've never dated anybody who was more into you than you were into them? Ooh, okay, yes, I have. Yeah, I have. I guess so. So, like, so like, I, I feel her anxiety, too. And I'm assuming it's a woman, but it could be a man. Um, like, it, uh, like, I feel her anxiety, too, because she, for, for better or for worse loves and likes him so this is this is a guy who's like she's like am i gonna see you again he's like yeah baby i'll be back don't worry about that don't sure. you worry your pretty little head i'm sure. gonna be back for sure you know me i'm the i'm the trickster i, I never you think you think i'm gonna leave sure. i'm gonna be back again <laughs> i'm gonna leave you you know i'll write you every night oh yeah i'll read all those letters you don't worry about that i'll read every word you write i'll read it backwards too because that's what i do yeah like he's what and it's like uh he's just like spinning lines of bullshit to keep himself safe <laughs> yeah for sure and it's wild though because i think in verse three he does come back because verse three is you know it's hard for me to go away it's just as difficult for me to stay hey it's hard for me to go away okay i know it's not a dope it's just as difficult for me to stay in but, but it feels like at that point he has returned and she's now dissatisfied with him again and he's like i don't know i like i don't want to stay but i don't want to go because i've got upside downism like i don't know what the fuck like i guess he was telling the truth <laughs> he couldn't stay away but it's just wild but also i wondered what the fuck is the point for him like why bother like is it nice just for you to say that you have a partner like what you clearly just drop it. Like, what is the point of keeping this alive? Well, again, Saker, we're going to return to our old horse, sawhorse, sure. old BNL, standby inertia. inertia. Yeah, this guy may not think he can do better. He may just feel comfortable enough in the relationship, or he may not, you know, we talked about uh, minimizing suffering earlier. Like, he's like, well, I'm not really happy here, but I'd be way less happy not here. I, I guess, but that's so hard for me to buy because I feel like there's not just inertia but motion in this song because i feel like we're seeing a journey here i feel like in verse one they're breaking up they're leaving verse two i think he's gone because she's writing him letters that he's skimming he's embarrassed when you know his friends talk about her or whatever and then verse three i think he's back so there was some like uh i don't know some some intention and some movement and he left and then came back i feel like he did shit well, yeah, and I think that that doesn't—that's not necessarily out of the realm because I think that a lot of people who do break up get back together, even for like a trial, like yeah. another trial run. Like, I mean, haven't you ever like broken up with somebody and then been apart for some small amount of time and then gotten back together and then spent a, an even smaller amount of time and like, oh no, no, we really should have been broken up. Now, sort of situation. I have never done that. Yeah. I must say. Oh, I have. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, I almost married that woman. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we should have stayed broken up. Sure, that's fun. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, that's it's interesting. And I, maybe you just have more life experience than I do, but uh, clearly you get it. I do. I do several several years more <laughs> life experience, and I'm telling you that that those like three to four more years I've got on you, that's really where you get the juicy wisdom. Do you think there's still a chance in the next three to four years that I'm going to get together with somebody, break up with them, then get back together with them briefly? Uh, yeah. Okay. 100% chance. Okay. I have been married for four years at this point, so this is going to be devastating to my partner and child, but that's okay. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, but it's gotta, it's gotta happen for your personal growth. I, Just tell them that. I understand. They'll understand. Um, Baby, I'm all about personal growth. I gotta go meet somebody else and then break <laughs> up with them and get back together with them. Uh, man, speaking of, uh, the, the heartbreak in this song, that bridge is a gut wrencher because it totally recontextualizes the chorus. The chorus in this song is of course the, uh, I can, I will. And I, you don't think I can love you, but I can, I will. And I you don't think I can love you. You don't think I can love you You don't think I can love you But I can And I will And I do But then the bridge brings it to uh, You know I intend to someday do all the things that I say I can, I will, and I do And it's at that point That we finally get the knife in the gut Where it's like He's not just like somebody who has lost his love and is trying to get back to his love. This dude has no motivation. Like, he's never going to do it. And at that point, we understand. And, man, that's such a good knife. So, like, mm-hmm. like lyrically, this song really works for me. And I intend to someday do all the things I say I can. scheme works for me that tw- i fucking love a good twist and the twist in this song is fucking golden um i don't know this song works on a lot of levels for me 100 percent agree 100 and it's even- um and like and like seeing like this is song for me is like the almost the archetype of more than the sum of its parts like if you would describe this song to me yeah another song but going into it like from our podcast okay Here's another song about a breakup where the guy's kind of shitty and feels bad about himself. It's a lounge song. <laughs> also, Steve sings in a falsetto the whole time. I would have been like, oh, no. And the, oh, no, please, no. Would the scatting at the end have improved or... or, uh, or... Oh, God. You know... I don't know if it would have been icing on the shit cake or like a cherry, a cherry on top of a pile of shit. Sure, sure. Like, I don't know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But yeah, man, it truly is more than some of its parts. I, I would say that's 100% true. Um, yeah. Good shit. Good song. Uh, Ev, anything else to say about this song? Uh, there were I could not find a single live version, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I found was a uh, guitar demo. Did you see that? Oh, someone's showing how to play it. Yeah. Yeah, someone's showing how to play it. And the most recent commenter, yes! did you see who it yes, was? Yes, Tracy! <laughs> Our boy! <laughs> they were like, all the other comments were like from six years yes. ago. And then Tracy's like, this is great. I'm going to use this on my episode coming up. Yes, this is Tracy from Brannick and ABC's listeners, who I was delighted uh, to see as well on that comment. Well, that's, I, I'm like, at one, on one hand, like, that was hilarious. On the other hand, it was really nice of him to thank the guy yeah. when he was using it. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even thank him. I think he just said, I am using this, didn't he? I don't know. He said, this is great or something oh, like I that. Oh, I see, I yeah. see. Tracy's a nice guy. He is a good, a good, a good man. I appreciate you, Tracy. You won't listen to this until you. Oh shit! Wait, you're doing the I episode. Fuck! You're gonna listen to this real soon. That's exciting. Uh, all right. Well, good deal. 
Um, yeah, I couldn't find any other. I was looking for other people to kind of talk about this song and and either give it its its adulation that it deserves or or fucking dunk on it. But really, there was like four comments, and they were all like, "I love the bare naked ladies." Like <laughs> nothing very interesting. So I don't know. This this song is I think uh, slept on. This is a sleeper hit. Yeah, this is definitely a this is definitely like the deep cut that purists will. Uh hold up yeah i mean we we 100 percent agree you and i oh boy this is gonna be a fun rating uh ev but before we get to the rating let's talk a little bit about dating simulators shall we yeah i have a i have a lot of dating i have a lot of dating dating some experience really recently right um i've kind of gotten into them for no reason <laughs> for no reason oh, do we have anything specific to talk about oh, uh, no 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 i just want generalized i started playing a dating sim the other day which one? Uh, it's called Arcade Spirits. Have you encountered it in your research? Uh, is it Arcade Spirits or Arcade Spirits? Yeah, you're aiding Noah on his arc. And you can <laughs> date any of the animals, but you, you are, have to be a thruple. You are the Holy Ghost and you can date any of the animals. <laughs> sure, yes, exactly. Arcade Spirits. Uh, no, it is in fact Arcade Spirits, as of oh. course you well know. So let's get to your goddamn thing that you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> this, of course, Steve wrote this song about... 2012 Japan release, 2013 American release, Kiss of Revenge. Okay, sounds good. 12 years ago, your mother died in surgery due to malpractice. Oh, shit. So, you do what anybody would do in that situation. Hunt down change the your, fucking doctor and kill him. Change your name and uh, <laughs> go through eight years of medical school and become a top surgeon so that you can study medicine and get a degree and then get hired at the exact same <gasps> hospital your mother died at. Oh my So you can track down the man who killed your mom through negligence and then murder him. Holy shit. That's wild. But the one thing you didn't count on was falling in love. <laughs> no fucking way. This is wild. So this is like a murder mystery slash dating sim where you are, um, there's a, a cast of characters to choose from. There's like a friendly physician you can fall in love with, a cool surgeon, uh, um, a gentlemanly surgeon, a childhood friend, a bunch of like associates and things like that, a, nur a male nurse who is uh, very kind. And you're, you can pick and you can date any of them and follow that, but you're also trying to track down your mother's killer and murder him. Wow. And any one of them could have been the one who killed your mother. Is is it like randomly decided before the game, or is it always no no? One of them one of them did I it, see. but they all have like there's evidence sure. pointing to all of them. So you're trying to like piece the clues together. Sure. Um, but that's not really why I think he wrote this song about Kiss of Revenge. I think really, I mean, if you look at the lyrics and you really dig down, the reason why the narrator of this song is feeling so um, torn is because they're not sure whether they're going to kill the person or you know date them. Sure. So like. Kill and kiss if are only two letters apart. Ex <laughs> very, very, like I said, you got that juicy wisdom. <laughs> Thank you. So like, so like all the lines can be, so when you look at it that way, the lines can be read a lot of different ways, which is fun that Steve did that. Like even the first line, friend, this shouldn't be the way things end. Right. Could you, you know, sure. by that meaning like, am I, it shouldn't be the way things end because I'm going to kill you uh -huh. or because it shouldn't be the way things end because my mother's killer will never be brought to justice. Damn. Holy or, shit. Um, yeah, and um, what is it? Like, you don't think I can love you? Well, I don't think I can love you because you might have killed my mom, but I can and I will and I do. <laughs> and are we talking about love as in, like, loving your mom and getting revenge on her murderer? Or are we talking about love as in loving the person and murdering and not murdering them? Right. And, like, the mention of your name makes me turn white, but guilt still makes me refrain, oh. right? So I may have kissed my mother's murderer. 
Oh man, that's good. Sort of things. So yeah, if good intentions pave the way, the road that gets me through, I got a six line highlight. So I don't know if like seeking revenge is a good intention per se. Uh, and so like the, the, the moral choice or the, I don't even know, moral ethical choice around this is that, you know, are you going to fulfill your revenge destiny and murder and murder this guy or, and because you've got it all set up, like throughout the game, you start setting up how you're going to do it. And you're a top surgeon at UBC general hospital. So you've got, you know, the ability to dispose of bodies and whatnot. Right. Um, so, and I intend to do someday, do all the things I can and I will and I do. So, and so is he talking about murder or is he talking about love? Like it's a, it's a really fascinating, uh, like I love that he based all this on these like double entendres sure. within this nested song, within the song. Sure, yeah, this whole this whole game is, and this whole song is uh, uh, two sides of the same coin. Love and hate, kiss and kill. Fuck. <laughs> this one is way deeper than I thought it was. Uh, yeah. I, I, this, this was made by a, a company called Voltage Inc. And I can I tell you some of their other games that they've made of? You certainly can. My Last First Kiss. Cherry Blossom Kiss. Uh, Kiss Me on Clover Hill. Seven Kisses on a Holy Night. Melting Kiss. Tropical Kiss. Decadent Kisses on a Devilish Night. And my favorite, Kissed by the Baddest Bitter. <laughs> uh, can we try and imagine what devilish... Or- decadent kisses on a devilish night would be <laughs> we could certainly try to imagine it i think you're like romancing a, co- a coven of witches oh okay i feel like it's your cheat day and you're romancing like different types of flan oh yeah okay uh, so you went you went the like the dessert route I and i went the uh the, the i did the decadent you did the devilish route. sure absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's an interesting game. I'm looking forward to playing it with you as soon as this quarantine is over. I assume we're going to play all of these dating sims together. Well, I mean, we can stream them over Discord, so anytime you want, bud. Oh, shit. I would watch you... Tell me when you're free, and I will watch you play a bunch (laughs) of dating sims over Discord. That sounds like a blast. (laughs) One, two. (laughs) I know you don't. Uh, Evbo, let's get around to rating this song. As usual, okay. we rate it on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The less clothes this song is wearing, the better it is. The worst clothes this song is the worst clothes this song is wearing, the more it is. Um, as usual, Ev, we start with you. So, on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed, where do you rate this bad mama jamma? As you know, I am not a fan of karaoke. Mm. It is not something I enjoy. It is not something I do, and it is not something I enjoy other people doing around me. <laughs> Just in general. Um, yeah, oh. it's just I don't like it. It grates on me. Did, uh, I'm not saying this isn't a judgment on karaoke in general. It's just a judgment on me and how it makes me feel. Did you dip at that point by my bachelor party when we all went to the karaoke room? No, you were around. No, I was there yeah. because I was coming to your bachelor party. I sat there quietly and everyone kept asking me what was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay, Evan? Are you okay? I'm like, no, I just hate karaoke. Sure. It's okay, though. I like you people. You're a very nice man. Okay, continue. Speaking of which... It's your bachelor party. Oh, it is. All right. We've had such a great time. We went and did paint, not paintball, uh, laser tag. Yes. We drove some carts around. We were drinking. We went to a barcade. We did all sorts of puddle boat jumping. I don't remember what else we did. <laughs> um, took took off our skin, switched them all around. But it's karaoke time. We're meeting up with your uh, partner's bachelor party um, for karaoke. I'm not really looking forward to it. Mm. It's not really my jam. But I really like the crowd. I like the people I'm with. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. So everyone's singing. They're singing all sorts of songs. Um, 
and I'm just not I'm just not feeling it. Like I like I like to see you. I like to I'm having more fun watching y'all have fun mm-hmm. than I'm having actual fun. And people seem and I seem like it feel I feel extra bad because I feel like I'm bringing down the mood because I'm just sitting there quietly, obviously not enjoying right. myself. So I'm trying my best to look like I'm having fun. Um, so I like strip off my coat and I'm like, yeah, this is fun. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, I can't wait to hear my friends sing smash mouth. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they're singing smash mouth. And then um, the servers come in because this is the, the karaoke was at a Chinese restaurant uh, in the back of the Chinese restaurant. So they're bringing in some delicious food. I get a little couple drinks in me. So my social inhibitions go away, I kick off my shoes. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Um, when the server comes in and um, this, this karaoke, um, bar is a little bit different because they've got an MC like uh, my good friend Saker does at the bowling alley sometimes when there's no quarantine. Right. Um, so they've got an MC. He comes in wearing just like all like a, a full on zoot suit and he's got a hat pulled down over his face um, and you can barely see it's all shadow. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this might be this might be something like what's going on here. And then he grabs the microphone. And he says, all right, everyone, who's going to get the really good tight and wave up the house. And he rips off his hat. It's none other than Alex, <laughs> my favorite Euro trash singer. And I'm like, holy shit, you got Alex. <laughs> and I can't, the roof cannot stay on. I cannot stay sitting down. He's like, come on, everyone. We got to sit up and dance. <laughs> and so uh, I get up, pull off my pants. I'm wearing, of course, my swimsuit because we were going to go swimming later sure. that day. Take off my shirt. Everyone's taking off their shirts. We're just getting crazy. Spring and champagne everything's going good and alex is singing his uh number one dutch hit donderma up. up and we are having such a good time so good so i am i am in my boxer shorts and nothing else oh my this God. is a pretty pretty naked song for me like i can't think of any like i didn't think i was gonna have a good time didn't think i was gonna enjoy it but you know what fuck if i did oh wow okay very interesting um Boy, I thought your celebrity cameo was going to be too close to my celebrity cameo. So in mine, um, <laughs> don't worry, it never will. Sure, be. <laughs> I um I am out with my uh, friends, and we are doing our favorite thing that we love to do, which is of course hat shopping. So we head hat shopping. <laughs> we head over to Lids, our favorite store in the mall, uh, and we're trying on different hats, and I can hear. Oh. Is that the lids right next to Skids, the shoe store? No, Skids is the underwear store you're thinking oh. of. Oh. Yeah. Um, and uh, we are at our uh, our favorite store, and I hear a hat kind of from the back of the store, and it's like calling to me. And I, I, I like, do you hear that, Evbo? And you're like, what no. does a hat sound like? Uh, it's it's like, and I'm like, what is that noise? And I go in the back of the store, and there's just like a fedora there, but it has this aura to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I think I gotta take this home. Um, and so I buy it and I take it home, and it's like I show it to my partner, and she's like, you're not wearing a fedora in this house. And I say, all right, it's <laughs> it's fine. I hang it up in my closet. But I wake up the next morning, and I'm no longer in my bed. I'm I'm lying on a, a a soft, dewy tuft of grass in a beautiful meadow, and I I feel my head, and I'm wearing the hat, but I look down, and I'm I'm in the buff otherwise, because of course that's how we sleep, and uh, Damn we all right. all the ladies fans, yes, uh, sleep in the nude, <laughs> and uh, and and I I look I used to sleep in the nude before I had a kid. And then he wakes up so often, and I felt weirdly indecent, like going into his room and I like putting up pajamas. Just keep, a, 
just keep a pair of boxer shorts next to your bed. That's what I do. I could do that. I could do that. Yeah, I just do it that. takes it takes literally two seconds to put them on. You're right. Uh, thank you for the advice. About <laughs> nude hey man, that's an extra three or four years gets you. If you had dated <laughs> and lost right. and then redated somebody, you would know oh, to do that. To have loved and lost and loved and decided it wasn't worth it again. Yeah. Um, kiss and kill, two sides of the same coin. Yeah, it's a to love and then decide it's not worth it and then second guess yourself and then realize you're right the first time. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, and I look around and I say, where am I? And someone in a full suit and also a fedora who's traveling on the road uh, in a cart drawn by a horse sees me <laughs> and they say, what ho, traveler? You're, you're here. For, you're not wearing any clothes. How did you get your clothes off? And I say, where am I? And How did like, you get your clothes off? No one can get their clothes off here. It's true. No one can get their clothes off here in Scatman's world. Oh. And I, I say to myself, what is that? We're we in Scatman's world right now, and he says you're in the province of Scotland, which is very close. <laughs> you're to in Le Lebanon. You're in Lebanon, and you seem to be Lebanese yourself. Are you the king of Lebanon? You're not wearing any clothes. You must be royalty. And I say, wow, I, I guess I am. And they put me right next to Scatman John as his prince on my throne, uh, just wearing a fedora for the you rest sit at of the right days. hand of Scatman. <laughs> I am the right hand of the Scatman. Uh, and uh, yeah, this song is just me in a fedora. Just chilling out next to Scatman John with my dong hanging out for the rest of my life. It's a very good song. For eternity, because I don't think anybody dies in Scatland. I don't think so. They say that the Scatman died, but I know that he was just subsumed back into Scatland. Yeah, I, everyone in Scatland has the mind of a child. Everyone. We'll be right back with more It's All Been Done, a Barenaked Ladies podcast. Hello, Evan. Hello. The society of Scatland is composed of very loving and caring people who have never, ever heard of political corruption, class distinction, war, and all the other stuff that goes on in the world of Earth people. Everyone is equal in Scatland. Everyone is equal. Everyone is equal. Are those the lyrics? Yes. And what, a, what a paragraph of lyrics for the Scatman land song. Well, remember, he can talk real fast if he wants to. Sure, absolutely. Remember when we used to do commercials before we actually started recording the episode and therefore the content of the commercials was differentiated entirely from the content in the episode yeah i thought we were going to throw it to commercial in a second now like right now when we'll be back with more it's all been done <laughs> hey, what, do you do to, what do you do to recharge now <laughs> that's a, actually a great question because besides swallowing batteries yeah I mean, everyone does it well, and, and I don't blame them for doing so because you can't throw them away and mm -hmm. you, you can't put them into the slot at Best Buy because the slot is too small. Yes. So you must eat them. There is you no other choice. of them internally. What is your favorite condiment for a battery? <sighs> I put them in condoms because it helps them go down smoother. <laughs> and you put mints in the condoms as well. You make true condiments. Tums. Tums. Peppermint flavored Tums because, you know, that acid makes me go good acidy in my tum tum so i gotta i gotta balance it out with some with some tum teas do you think if you ate a battery you would have heartburn you would die <laughs> oh, <laughs> i think you yeah depending on the battery like i guess if you ate like a watch battery you might be okay but like i feel like if your stomach acid got into the battery it would kill you and if like it was larger than like a triple a battery oh uh, i was you might get bound up pretty bad. I was talking about like a car a, battery. Car battery, yeah. Well, you gotta break those up into smaller parts, and then you, first you drink the acid, then you sure. eat them in little piece by piece. Sure. Listeners do not eat batteries. <laughs> Unless you really want to. No, no, no. If you're no, dead I, I just wanna... I just, I just wanna... We're, we're getting... We're making fun. We do the jokes here on this podcast, but please, listeners, I mean... 
I know the batteries, like the copper top Duracell batteries, are just possibly the most delicious thing you'll ever taste in your entire life. Sure. And when the so like the little when you put it on your tongue and you just feel that little teeny jolt of electricity just like shiver through your body and Ooh. then you feel like the batteries slide down your throat <laughs> like a hot dog. But don't just, do it. Just don't do just not. Don't. This is a very batteries. special episode of It's All Been Under American <laughs> Ladies podcast. It's uh Man, this is the one where you caught me eating batteries, and I'm yeah. like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Do not eat batteries, but if you were going to eat batteries, make sure to not put them in the microwave beforehand <laughs> to get them all nice and toasty. God, a toasty battery. Sparky. Fuck, yeah, nothing nice, better. A nice toasted sparking battery. And do not slather them in sweet baby Ray's hickory smoke barbecue sauce. That shit is choice for batteries but seriously don't fucking do it yeah and do not do it in the bathtub no god even though it's relaxing and you could put on some like smooth jazz while you're just popping down hot batteries with mint jelly in the bathtub don't Mm -hmm. do it Mm -hmm. do not do you remember michael latito (laughs) from our high school that we went to (laughs) oh yeah big mike no mikey Big uh, Mikey, LA Times, Latito. Sure. Uh, he's the guy who ate an airplane. Do you remember that? I do remember him. Oh, okay. Um, what a wild thing to do. What a, just a strange, wild thing to do. I love, as we were talking about eating batteries, I went to his Wikipedia page. Under death, it says, Latito died of natural causes 10 days after his 57th birthday. Now, while I don't doubt that you can die of natural causes, after your 57th birthday, I can imagine him eating an airplane probably had something to do with it. Yeah, and I, I mean, he, he just would have had to eat the metal parts because you couldn't eat the, like, batteries and, like, there are poisonous stuff in the airplane, like, straight up stuff that'll kill you. So he probably just ate, like, the... He couldn't have eaten the whole airplane. I don't know. I, I mean, I yeah, I know he ate the metal. He, he eats metal. Yeah, that was his name. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's, that's fine. I don't mind. I don't mind that, but I mean... <laughs> You don't want to eat like, I don't even know what's in an airplane that could kill you, but I'm sure there are tons of things. There's a list of things. He's I mean, there's like electrical, there's electrical motors and things like that in the airplane. Now, yeah. on the list of unusual items consumed on his Wikipedia page, it does list computer. So presumably he, I don't you can't just eat the shell of a computer and say you ate a computer because that's not a computer. That's fair. I mean, he'd have to remove the poisonous parts, like the heavy metals, right? I, I guess so. I don't fucking know. I, he had unusually powerful digestive juices, so maybe he could just fucking break it out, break down a battery. It doesn't matter if you can break <laughs> it down or not; it's still poison. Like if you eat, you know, rare earth minerals like metals, they're gonna kill you no matter what form they're in. I, not if you're Mike. Maybe he can like break them down on the molecular level so they become <laughs> not just they're 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 free atoms. <laughs> I think he could, his stomach was basically just a nuclear reactor. And then he died at 57. And then he died at 57. Of completely of natural, natural unrelated causes. causes. Exactly right, yes. Oh my god. Can you imagine what his shit looked like? Uh I bet it looked like a bunch of a handful like I reach into my like my drawer where I keep all my like loose nuts and bolts and stuff like that and then like because my drawers are underneath the thing so I have to pull it out but the drawer gets the drawer gets loose and it falls so it's just like a bunch of nuts and bolts and like 
spare change hitting a wood floor is what sure. I imagine his shit looked and sounded like. God, well, it is, it's also you plunge your hand into the drawer because you also put your thumb right through like a screw so there's blood in there too, I'm sure. And <laughs> Jesus, yes. Yeah, fucking terrifying. Uh, man, uh, I can't imagine. What a wild, wild thing. You know what else is wild? Speaking of food. Yeah. Food. Well, that would be Pizza Time Pizza. Do you remember Pizza Time Pizza? That YouTube ARG about a pizza company that's definitely not a cult? Oh, 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 oh. No. Yeah, neither do I, actually. But you can learn about it if you listen to Andrew and Marn over on the Argonauts podcast. That's right, the Argonauts podcast, where Andrew tries his best to solve alternate reality games, and Marn tells him what he should have done instead. How uh, many alternate reality games are there? There's a, a fuck ton of alternate. They actually, okay. they let me look at their spreadsheet of like, here's like, because they were trying to like sign people up for like, what what do you want to be a guest on our podcast? Um, and uh, they have a, a shit ton still to come. And people are making new ARGs every day, baby. And there are actually lots of fan-made ARGs everywhere too. So it isn't just corporate ones. Um, although they're obviously more well-produced. but isn't just corporate ones. It's, these guys are all for the little guy. These two want to, like, promote the little man's ARGs. So, like, when does an ARG slip into gaslighting? Um, when it's no longer a game, I guess. Like, so, like, Michael Douglas's The Game. One of my was, favorite movies of all time. Was gaslighting. Yeah, a one, right? 100%. Okay. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. I wonder if I can go on Argonauts and just talk about the game. I would fucking love to do a movie review on their podcast. We did in my uh, in my game that I run on Saturdays, my role-playing game. We just I just made a random the game generator where you the game somebody. Oh, can you share that generator with me? No. Okay, <laughs> But you. one day, I might run it for you. Yes, please. Can you just... M. In five mm. years, we, yesterday was my birthday, so uh, 365 times 5 minus 1 days from today, I will be 40. Mm -hmm. I would love for you and all of our friends and my partner to get together and truly make my life a living hell for the week leading <laughs> up to my 40th birthday. Convince me that I am living inside some sort of simulation or something like that. I just want a full-scale ARG for my 40th birthday. God damn. That would be that would take a lot of time and effort and it would take about it would take about 365 minus 1 times 5 days <laughs> to prepare. Sure, sure. Uh, okay, so I assume that's a yes, please. Excellent. You'll never know whether it's it's like um I tell my partner that I like surprise parties, mm. but you can't tell someone you like surprise parties and then expect a surprise party. Sure. So like, I'm like, you know, I'd really like you to throw me a surprise party, but not this year and certainly <laughs> not next year. All right. But like sometime in the next 10 years, I'd really like a surprise party. Uh, apparently my partner was planning a surprise party for me for my 35th this year. And uh, yep. it got- That's that's where the COVID fl came. Flush down uh, Michael Latito's iron toilet is how she put <laughs> it, so. Yeah, do you think he had to like, he had to have a special toilet, right? Oh, almost there's no, there's no way a standard toilet could handle an airplane. Almost certainly, yes, absolutely. So, anyways, speaking of industrial shit, go listen to the Argonauts. <laughs> Jesus. I'm kidding. I love the Argonauts. I love you. I love you. I love you. Bye. They, they don't listen to our show. No, they don't. And we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now's the time in the episode when we spin this big wheel and figure out what segment we are going to do today. Are you okay over there? You have like a little wire. Okay. <laughs> Come on now, now, Evan. 
we're figuring out the humor of the situation. Find a mm-hmm. line from this song and treat it as a riddle. What's the hypothetical answer? <laughs> okay. So this one is always hard. I feel like this is one of those segments that you need like to do homework for. Yeah. The mention of its name makes me turn white, but guilt still makes me refrain. Oh, what is it? Man. Um so this is uh I know that eating bird shit is wrong, but I <laughs> want to do it anyway. So this is a man who has a fetish for eating bird shit, but what? <laughs> what? It made the thought of it cuz he knows it's going to make him sick, right? So the thought of it makes him turn white. But guilt makes him refrain because he knows that people are going to look down on him if he eats bird shit. I was just, I was also thinking scatological because we had just talked about it. Like I was thinking diarrhea. Like, sure. Like uh, having to go diarrhea really bad. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the mention of it makes me turn white. Oh no. <laughs> but I can't do it because I'm in public. Sure. Uh, hey, Abbo. Um, mm-hmm. As you leave, you'll never see its face again. What is it? A mirror. Oh, <laughs> a grandfather clock. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Because they're talking about a clock's face. Oh, that's the answer for every riddle that has face in it. The answer is time. Clock. Yeah, exactly. That sucks. Oh, yeah. Or, or uh, a river. Because if you walk away from a river and turn back, it's never the same river. Do rivers have a face? Yeah, the water has a face. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. That's actually a really good riddle. You're welcome. I like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you want to, do, do you want to shoot me another one and then I'll shoot you another one? Yeah, as soon as, I, as soon as I find one. Okay, I got you. How about this? You imagine it doesn't think of you. You know you couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> this is actually a horror movie, I think. Yeah, like the demon from It Follows or... Uh... Was that a demon, do you think? It follows, yeah, definitely. All right, all right. There was. What do you think it? What what could it, else could it possibly be? I don't know. Be? There was no Christian overtones that it follows, so I I didn't assume demon straight off the bat. Well, I mean, a demon. I'm using demon as like an, a malevolent supernatural force. Sure. Okay. Right? Well, then absolutely. Not necessarily in a in a Judeo-Christian sense. Absolutely, it was a demon. Oh, it writes you letters every night. You skim them just to be polite. Uh huh. What is it? Uh, that would be the automatic typewriter that lives in my. <laughs> In my lobby. No, hold on. It writes me letters every night. I skim them just to be polite. Oh, I've got the answer to that. Well, one, obviously, because I know. Hold on, my friend, because I also have you the can't answer. Can't wait to tell you. I have the answer to it, and that answer is a glass of milk. Explain. Well. It writes me letters, meaning uh, when I spill it on the ground, it spells out things like death or hate or something. Uh, look out. Look out often. Uh, and I always buy skim milk just to be polite because I know. Mm, <laughs> that's a real A to C. I gotcha. <laughs> Thank you. The answer, of course, is your subconscious. Okay. It writes you letters every night. You skim. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a that's a very dreams. Sure. Dreams are the answer. <laughs> that you skim, you just like yeah, you, you you're, I mean you experience your dreams, but like don't you ever get the impression when you dream that there's much more that you're not experiencing? Sure, sure, sure. And you skim like when I skim a passage, I'm not going to remember it. Just like I don't remember my dreams. Yeah. Do you when you when you have when you dream, what do you dream? About? <laughs> do, do you dream about Elvis or elves the name Smelvis? <laughs> 
but like do, when you dream uh do you ever get like deja vu in your dreams because i get that all the time no Where i'll show i'll start to dream and i'm like oh i've had this dream before but then when i wake up and remember i'm like no i've never had that dream before but like in the dream i feel with 100 percent certainty that i have had this dream so you before. know you're dreaming in your dreams reliably uh a lot of times yes wow yeah, but only a lot of time. But I understand it, but I also don't care. I like, see. Okay. But no, I mean, in the dream, I don't care. In real life, I'd be like, yeah, I'm dreaming. I can do whatever the fuck I want now. Okay. Oh, so you, you, you know enough, but not enough to make it lucid. There are, I'd say about five, maybe 5% 5 of the time I can make it lucid. Oh, man. Je and of course, I just use it like anybody would use a holodeck to have sex with sure, people. Absolutely. Um, but like the rest of the time, like I know it's a dream. I know I've dreamed this dream before, but like at the same time, I can't affect it in any way sure 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 i had one lucid dream once and boy am i jealous of people who can do that reliably just have sex with people <laughs> yeah, in your dreams so, all the time so jealous of people who can reliably have sex <laughs> we, we all i wish my dick worked uh yeah good great segment that ended with i wish my dick worked <laughs> we got around to it eventually just like every episode of it's all been done comes down to i wish my dick worked <laughs> Ev, now's the time when we take a letter from our snails, our bales, our big old jails. This is a question from our friend, Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. Jonathan says, hey, Evan and Saker. Hello. Hey, Jonathan. I love you two wonderful boys. I'll keep... Oh, <laughs> I love you too, Jonathan. Oh, wow. You're so free with your love nowadays, Ev. I'm so happy to see that. Yeah. I'll now that now that I've redefined love to to, rep to represent even the most passing acquaintance, I love everyone. I'll keep it quick. Here's my question: In an alternate timeline, BNL still splits up, but instead of a coke bust, the controversy is a massive scandal involving Ed that causes him to leave the band instead. What happened to make BNL and Ed split? And knowing roughly how BNL and Steve Solo have diverged over the years, what do you think the two musical careers slash catalogs would look like if custody of BNL had gone to the oh. other lead singer? What's Ed's solo career like? What's the Steve Naked Ladies equivalent of You Ran Away or their Silver Ball? Or worst of all, what is their Canada Dry? Thanks for making such wonderful entertainment every week and listening through each song way too many times in a row just for us. Also... Please count this email as another viewer's vote to continue the cast after BNL into the Vanity Project, <laughs> looking through the Steve Solo stuff and beyond. No. Just, just. No, Jonathan, please. <laughs> release me. Okay, so let's handle so it. So I want to work, I, I kind of want to work this one backwards. Oh. So I want to start with where they're at and then end up with what Ed did okay. to get him there. Hey. So, cause I see as soon as he said like, what's Ed's solo career look like? I saw like two branching, two more branching paths. Cause you know, when you change the past, there's like branching paths that go forward. I see Ed hosting the country music awards. Exactly what I was thinking to a T. Yes. Or I see Ed like doing a record with like public enemy. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> like Ed appearing on public enemy's new record. I feel like he lost so much of his, his hip hop sensibilities as we move forward in time. And like all the stuff on the later albums is just either, you know, kind of like uh, uh, alternative, easy listening or adult contemporary or country. Right. So I, mm -hmm. I see the solo Ed career he grows out like a huge fucking mustache that is turning gray now. He puts on a big country hat and he becomes the next, like, uh, uh, you know, Billy Darius Ray Cyrus, Rucker. Darius Rucker, Trace Adkins. That's who this dude is now. Um, yeah, I think Ed leans hard into the Western genre. 
And also, he's he still releases Canada Dry for some reason. <laughs> Leaving me high in Canada Dry. Uh, certainly. Um, but what does he do? Do you think he, like, Steve branches out? Steve has, uh, has written a musical. What do you think uh, Ed's kind of, like, extracurricular beyond music activity is? I don't see Ed branching out so much as, I mean, maybe he gets a little bit into stand-up comedy. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit he is a funny dude like i see like ed is ed is like a country music star slash prop oh he joins the blue collar comedy tour oh jesus as like their musical accompaniment absolutely he's the opening what do you think his what do you think his his like one joke is oh his because all the blue collar guys have the one joke that they do you might be a redneck and get her done get her done and ed's is um i think like has to be has to be something playing on how he's canadian but also I thought it was um, just he tells a joke and then after the joke he plays like like a little dueling banjo <laughs> like, like that's his thing that he puts on the end of every joke. But yeah, I like I like I like that it's a phrase. So maybe mm-hmm. I don't know something to do with a like. That's a can of don't. <laughs> that's a, and his thing is talking about Canadian rednecks. So right because of, they have like like the trailer park boys slash like thing that got really popular a couple sure. years ago. So I think that like he rides that fucking wave. Sure. I love that that makes sense until you squint at it for a half second and realize the country is not called Canada. <laughs> or you could just, or he could, he could say Canada. Canada. I love that. Okay, sure. So I love. Okay, so he leans into the red. That's a real Canada. Yes, perfect. About dumb people in Canada. That's his whole thing. Love yeah. it. Love it. Okay. Well, I mean, it's also glorifying them. Okay, I like that because that's sort of the that's sort of the redneck comedy tour aesthetic is glorifying. Not not redneck culture per se, but like stupidity. Sure, sure. And again, I'm I'm not trying to take pot shots at like rednecks in general. I come from rednecks, um, you know. So I think that I come because of rednecks. Oh yeah, <laughs> tell me about <laughs> Just, it. I could have sex with anyone who I want. Anyone with a mustache. <laughs> you got it. Um. So what's the Steve naked? Uh, let's handle each of these questions. What's the Steve naked ladies equivalent of you run away? So a goodbye to. I think it's like. Hop along, little buddy, or some like. Oh, we're at, what, that Ed writes. No, that, yeah. that Steve writes to Ed. Like it's almost like making fun oh, of yeah. his country sensibilities. Yeah, I bet Steve would be way crueler and way way more explicit about Ed. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, yeah. What's what's Steve's silver ball? So what's Steve interested in that gets him to write a whole album about it? Oh God, um, drugs. <laughs> so it's silver eight ball powder white powder white powder jesus christ so yeah i mean without that big without the big uh you know he was caught on a coke bus etc do you think steve would have ever kicked his drug habit i suppose he would he has children that presumably maybe something would have happened eventually along the line yeah yeah i don't know and i don't know i don't know if he's kicked his coke habit or not he's never really been public about that has he uh i don't know that's a great question um uh, worst of all, what is their Canada Dry? You know, I've listened to Canada Dry many times, but I don't know enough about it to say what the song is about to tell you what Steve's version would be about. Well, Steve's version would also be called Canada Dry, uh-huh. and it would be about... Um, the soda. It would be about drinking problems. Okay. Per- yeah, like mixing gin with Canada Dry. That's good. I like that. No, I mean, like, no, like literal literal alcoholism, Saker. No, I know. And that's where, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Oh, I'm okay. with you. I'm with you. Yeah, but it also, the, the double entendre is that he wants Canada, he wants Canada to be dry, oh. a dry country. Oh, because shit. Steve has not only kicked his, his drug yes. habit, he has become a teetotaler. So far in the other and direction. a vehement anti, uh, 
what are they even called people who beyond teetotaler i don't know like someone who just doesn't drink but someone who is vehemently opposed to drinking. a prohibitionist prohibitionist yes. steve has become a candidate canadian prohibitionist God. that's his his new political screen i love that that's very good canada dry oh man he like runs for political candidate in canada under the that's his like platform is canada dry <laughs> fuck that's good oh my god so ed hosts the country music awards steve becomes the mayor of toronto um, god damn fuck that's good and so do you think jim kev and tyler do you think steve is still in the band or do you think they form a new bare naked ladies without him i think that well they'd the question seems to pretty much imply that steve is the bnl boys sure like steve head fronts the band sure. so i think they stay along but i think they become increasingly disenchanted with steve as he goes more and more like hardcore sure. because i feel like that was that was a, a sticking point for all of them because i steve like feel like steve could get super obsessive about this yeah. and be super insufferable about for it sure. as well for sure so i think yeah they don't they like this song they want to say goodbye um but they can't bring themselves to because of the money and the fame and everything like that so they still go out but you can see behind their like plastic smiles the deadness in their eyes yeah. as jim like walks another thing up the base and <sighs> ty just goes through the motions Fuck. and kevin is barely even paying attention to what keys he hits How sad god this is really depressing yeah so really we ended up in one of the best timelines. yeah i guess so well so here's the big question though Instead of a coke bust, the massive scandal is involving Ed that causes him to leave the band. What happened to make BNL and Ed split? This is his first question. That's hard because Ed is such a pure boy. I feel like. Yeah, country in two thousand six. I bet Ed. It seems like Ed, and this is this might be a little too hard. Ed is like on the f- front of the um, like not me too movement but like white men refusing to apologize for um racist Mm -hmm. and or sexist things they've said or done sure and i don't feel like ed would have done anything necessary like he's not like you know sexually assaulting anybody or anything like that anything that you know any political candidate we could possibly vote for would have done but um he is like doing he he's like just refusing to yeah yeah i use the r word a bunch in my documentary what of it oh i see and just refuses to take a step back yeah he's like i'm just saying what everybody's thinking people really want him to apologize for beautiful and he just won't do it they're saying it's a misogynistic (laughs) song yeah yeah they're like hey man like we don't we don't you don't need to necessarily need to apologize you just need to examine your privilege and your position sure. as like a, a songwriter and whatnot and you know we all did stuff we regret yeah. and you know we just want you to like not do that going forward and it's like fuck no i'm gonna double down on that or, or maybe that's that's getting pretty bad and then the proof of his affair comes out because it's been rumored that he had an affair in the past oh, and then that yeah. just he, he and then his he's ruined and then the affair of course would be with Gwen Stefani, Johnny Cash, Cash, and (laughs) Jimmy Buffett. Buffett. No black, Black bare naked margaritas. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. Well, there you go, Jonathan. I think we've uh, we've we've handled this pretty deftly, and that sounds like we are in the best timeline. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like we're doing pretty well. Jonathan, thanks for listening, bud. You're welcome. Ev, that's the end, as usual, of the episode. You did a good job, buddy, and I'm proud of you. Are you proud of yourself? Thank you. Always. Good. A thousand, a thousand times a thousand. Good, good. 365 um, times five minus one. That's how big a proud I am yes, of you. Yes, yes. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, Super proud. Ev, you can find us on Facebook. It's all been done. American Ladies Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Been Done Pod. Uh, check out our Discord. It's in the show notes. Come chat with us um, and uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Maybe one day we'll have some more content up there for you. Maybe, probably not, but maybe <laughs> we would love to. Um, we also want you to rate us on iTunes five stars, just like our friend Fishy no. rated us. No. Um, there, the Fishy's uh, review is five stars, and it's called "This Isn't How People Find the Show." <laughs> Hi, Evan and Saker. XOXO, Kev. P.S. But seriously, these rad guys make me think more about my favorite band songs than I'd even thunk before. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Kev. Short, sweet, and to the point. I love it. Yeah, and that, that isn't how people find it. Show. It, it helps. And I will never back off of this point. Saker just likes, he needs constant reaffirmation, I, which is fine. Yeah, I need to know. Some people do. I need to know that I'm a good boy. Please leave me a five-star review and put you a good boy, Saker. Uh, Ebo, this has been a, a blast and a half. A blast, a blast. Pal. I love having songs that we both enjoy. It's always fun. Well, get used to not having that. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> anymore. I think we both, yeah, well, as long as we both agree. We don't have to both enjoy it, but we both have to agree on it. That's what I like. I like it when we argue. <laughs> okay, that's fun too, I guess. <laughs> All right, Ev, next week we got some fun and games. I'll see you then. We'll see you again. Well, oh, do you have anything to plug, Saker? Oh, shit, I forgot. Um, I think I'm... Do you have anything super important to plug right now? Nothing Nothing you want to plug? Okay. Not a single thing? Shrikestone is out on EPUB and Moby for dollars. <laughs> you can, of course... Yeah. Shrikestone. Wait, what is a Shriekstone? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't the even mountain know. Yell, Shrekstone. Uh, go get Sh- Shrek Stone. Yeah, it's about Shrek. <laughs> You'll love it. Donkey. I watched, speaking of Shrek, I watched Austin Powers 2 last night. And fu- I fucking uh, uh, Mike Myers' Scottish accent as Fat Bastard. Fat Bastard is the least essential character in perhaps any movie of all time. It was just mm-hmm. a, a poor excuse for him to do a Scottish accent. And it's yes, truly. Into, into, fat, into fat shame. But honestly, the movie holds up 100%. It's fucking great. Except for Fat, fat Bastard, right? I don't know. Even then, he sings the little baby back ribs song, and it's so funny. Remember when he, he wants to eat the baby? Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm Saker. Hey, Saker. Oh. Are you wondering where Scatland is? Where Scat? Oh, yeah. Ev, what do you have to plug? Scatland? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where is it? It isn't far away. I'll take you there now. Just close your eyes. Make a wish. Give yourself a hug. You're halfway there. Now just love yourself and love yourself <laughs> and your dream will come true. You'll find yourself in Scatland and suddenly discover that the person from Scatland is you. That was my review. Yeah. Oh my God. Perfect. All right. Do you know that, do you know they speak, uh, the people of Scatland speak in Scottish? <laughs> Scottish is a language not quite like a leprechaun. It sounds like a language of the people of earth who speak in a tongue of their own. Uh-huh. You're all from Scatland. Hatred and resentment? Well, that's unheard of. It's unheard of. <laughs> and 10 more minutes. 10 more minutes. <laughs> oh, we've got to believe in love. We've got to believe in love. We've got to believe in love. I'm Saker. I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in one week.
Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. Hi, I'm Martin. This is the Argonauts podcast. Each week, I'm going to try and solve an old defunct ARG, and Martin's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's true. Martin, what ARGs have we covered so far? So far, we have covered Spectacular Organic Frog Fractions 2, Sexy Girl Max 2019, and this is my Milwaukee. And that list is only going to continue to grow. Yep. Come check us out every other Thursday on the Orange Groves Network. And you can find us at argonautspod.com. Argonautspod.com.